Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Uh, we got a big time show today because it is game day, folks. That's right. The Maple Leafs back in action. It is playoffs time. The Canadians coming down to Toronto tonight for a showcase with the Leafs. Game one of round one of the playoffs. And let me tell you guys, I am jacked up for it. And I got a special special guest to preview tonight's matchup and preview the series with me. And that is Overdrive's own Brian Hayes. Yes, Hazy B himself will be joining me today on the podcast. We're going to go through uh, what his thoughts are going into the series, what he thinks about the goaltending situation, how the Maple Leafs are going to be able to to beat Montreal. We'll get through a whole bunch of stuff, and then we play some cosine, no sign as well at the end. It's it's going to be a a good show. I'm excited. Uh, Let's get right to it. Joining me today on the podcast is the captain of Overdrive, a man with a pulse on Leafs Nation. I believe once referred to as the pinnacle of sports talk radio here in Canada, Mr. Brian Hayes. Hazy B, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, it's a pleasure, buddy. I've been waiting for the invite. Uh, I'm like, I got to get on this podcast, and I think uh, I'm coming on at the right time. We got game one on Thursday night. It's go time, Leafs Habs. I love it. Thank you for having me. No, and and... Thank you for coming on. Obviously, uh, Noodles did the show not too long ago. Technically, O did the show, but we had audio issues, so we had to uh, scrap that one. We'll get him on eventually. But, you know, getting getting the captain on was definitely a priority with the playoffs starting up. So uh, thanks for joining us. But so far, before we get to some Leafs talk, uh, what's been your thoughts and opinions on the playoffs so far? I thought they've been absolutely fantastic to start. Yeah, they've been dynamic. I mean, they, they generally are every year, but there is a, a different element because teams are in their own buildings and there's a lot of fans in the stands down in the States, which clearly factors into the energy. Um, you know that it's not manufactured, you know, the fake crowd noise. It's actually real and seeing the reactions of fans. I, I think the, the theater of it all has, has really elevated because of that and just the intensity and how many close games there have been. I mean, every single game for the most part is a close game. It's a one goal game. There's been a bunch of overtimes. There's been a lot of animosity, um, a lot of, a lot of physicality. And that's what, what you're looking for. I mean, I, I think you could basically check every single box in terms of what you're looking for. If you're a hockey fan and it's been supplied and we're four days in, five days in it's been unbelievable theater it's been awesome yeah and i mean the canadian teams haven't yet been able to get to the dance but uh starting up they will now uh the playoffs are here for for the canadian team so let's get right to it um so you like i said you're kind of the guy who's got the pulse on leafs nation uh over with with overdrive so 
How are you feeling right now heading into game one? Well, it's, it's a conflicting uh, emotion, I guess, because I, I do feel very good about this team. I, I think they've built a very good team. They're loaded with talent. Uh, they ran away with the division, and you know I, I predicted that they would. I thought they would be the best team in the division. That's exactly what happened. I think they've checked off a lot of boxes in terms of what they had to improve upon. First and foremost, defensive play. Defensively, they've been very good this year. I, I have no reason to believe that won't carry over. Jack Campbell is a question mark in playoff time just because he has no history there, but he's played really well. Like His numbers have been off the charts. This has not been smoke and mirrors. This guy's been consistent from pillar to post throughout the regular season. And I, I like the, the added ingredients in terms of bringing in some size, some physicality. I really like the Felino deal. I like the Riley Nash deal, and I think it's going to pay off uh, come playoff time starting on Thursday night. So simply from what I've seen on the ice and also taking into account the competition, who I don't think, is, I don't think the Haps are a very good team. I think they're a mediocre team. And I, I think if it was a conventional season, I think they would have missed the playoffs. But they're, they're a good team. They're not a great team. So when you consider what the Leafs have done, what they've built, how they've played, and the team they're going up against, simply from that standpoint, I'm feeling very confident. And I like the Leafs' chances. And I felt more confident in this team and going into this series than I have at any point in the last 20 years, You know, yeah. even dating back to the late 90s, early 2000s. But what I think stops every Leaf fan is the history of the team a little bit. You've been following them for as long as we have you realize that this is a team that finds a way to shoot themselves in the foot. So until they prove that they are different, not just what we've seen on the ice, not just what we've seen throughout the regular season, they have to prove they're different when the chips are down and it really matters. Uh, there's always going to be an element of trepidation, hesitation before you jump all in and say, this is the team and this is the group that is going to take it deep. I think if they can get through Montreal and do so convincingly, the confidence level is going to explode in the city because I think people look at the team again and they're like, this is a good team. Like it's a really good team. Yeah. They got to win a series. And once they win a series, I think people can breathe. And then all of a sudden you've seen it. And then I think the, 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 the emotion, the excitement, the expectations will actually explode that much more after the first round. Is that what you think is like, that's the, the, what it, you need to do to get over the hump is win that first round. Once that happens, kind of the sky's the limit for this team. Like, what are your expectations at the least for this playoff run? Yeah, I, I think I have them as, as being very high with everything I just said about fandom and their history. I think they'll win. I think they're going to beat Montreal. I think they're coming out of the North. Like, that is my expectation. Nothing short of them getting to a conference final. Once you get there, you reset. Who knows who they're going to play, what the health status of the team is going to be. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with readjusting your expectations round by round, but I don't expect them to change between the now and the end of the second round, right? Like, I, I think they're the best team in the division. Edmonton's had a really quality final 20 games. Like, they're, they're a good team. They're playing well. Uh, I still think the Leafs are better. The season record would suggest they're better, and they, they really dismantled Edmonton at multiple times this year. But my expectations for the Canadian division are sky high. I, I absolutely believe it's conference final or bust. Once you get there, then you can readjust. But once you're there and you're into the final four, there's no reason why you shouldn't have confidence. And I would suspect that that's exactly where people will be if and when that happens. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think in, in my opinion, if this team doesn't make it to the final four, there's gonna be a lot of question marks um, about this team. 
One of today's show sponsors is rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on on their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. But how much of a concern do you have in in special teams leading up to it? Since March first, the power play has been ten percent, and it's no secret it's been absolutely awful. But the way that they play at five on five, is it even a concern to you going into the playoffs that they're not playing that the power play isn't cooking? It's it's a bit of a concern. I think it has to be. Like at some point, you have to lean on your special teams if we're talking about a long run. It doesn't necessarily have to matter for game one, or even maybe not necessarily in the first round. But we've, we've seen this story be written year in, year out. Like, if whoever is at the end of it, whoever wins at the end, there are certain things that have to happen. you got to have multiple games where your goaltender stands on his head and wins the game. Like, that just it, – it's happened every single year where you win games where maybe you weren't supposed to. And analytically, you weren't supposed to. The eye test would tell you you weren't supposed to, but it happened. There are going to be games where – you're also going to have to rely on your special teams. Like, you've you got to get a couple of power plays to get you over the hump. And that is where the Leafs are going to have to click at some point. And this is not as if they just kind of stubbed their toe going into the playoffs in the last five games and fell off a cliff. Like you mentioned, we're talking 20 games, 20, 25 games of awful performances. Like, yeah. horrifyingly awful production from the power play to the point where they're still scrambling. Like, we had Sheldon Keefe on overdrive. And he said it's the top priority. Like, they're trying to figure it out. They realize that is what they have to figure out. And they're changing units around. They're putting in new pieces. Um, it clearly is, is top of mind, and it should be. But I do think you can counter a, a poor power play if it carries over to the playoffs. And it really shouldn't with the talent that they have. Like, it, it should yeah. break loose at some point. Because the first half of the season, they were, like, historically hot. Especially the first, like, 10 or 12 games. It was crazy. The, the percentages of, of power plays where they were scoring on. But if your power play doesn't carry over for whatever reason, you have to have a rock star penalty kill. And I think they have the pieces that can get that done. Their penalty kill has been pretty good down the stretch. I think it's going to have to get a little bit better. But that, that is one way where you can calculate some sort of formula where you say, okay, we can scratch off the, the special teams, and if it's a five-on-five five series, which it still always is going to be, you're going to play a large majority of the series five-on-five, five, the Leafs should be able to lean on that strength because it is certainly against Montreal, and I think it would be also against Winnipeg and or Edmonton. 
And the addition of Riley Nash, I think, has a big reason for um, why he's in there is to try and help keep that penalty kill going. He's known as like a top flight penalty killer defensive specialist. So it made sense to me that Riley Nash was put into the lineup to try and prop that up a little bit. But what are your expectations out of him? Obviously, we haven't seen him in a Maple Leafs uniform. He hasn't played in a little while. He's going to be dropped right into it. Game one, uh, third line, going to get some special teams time like I said um do you have expectations on him going into tonight's game yeah no I absolutely do I I think for a couple of reasons we should feel confident about his ability to step in he's a veteran this is not a guy like he's not a kid he's not coming over from the KHL and being dropped in this guy's been in the league for quite some time he's a veteran when it comes to playoff experience with Columbus with Boston before that like the least have seen him a lot over the past few years and seen what his capabilities are and they're asking him to do exactly what he has been doing. I think that's the most important element to this. I'd be nervous if they were dropping him in and moving him to the wing or moving him up the lineup or asking him to do something he's not capable of doing. They're going to ask him to do exactly what he does to stay in the National Hockey League. Like there's a reason because his offensive numbers are, are pretty much non-existent. This is not a guy that's going to score. It's not a guy that's going to drive a lot of offense, but what he can do is he's comfortable being buried in the defensive zone. He's comfortable going up against any competition. So whoever it is on the Habs, it's not like they're loaded with superstars, but if it's the Dan O-line, if Toffoli's on the ice, if Anderson's on the ice, whoever it is, Riley Nash would be comfortable. But beyond that, he'd be comfortable if Connor McDavid's taking a draw against him in his own, his own zone. Dry settle, Shifley. So his comfort level in terms of how they're going to utilize him, I don't expect that to be an issue. And Sheldon Keith's been seeking this out since day one. Like, he's a believer because of what he said on our show. He said a lot of times he found he was leaning towards putting Matthews in that spot, Tavares in that spot, especially when they're tired. You know, it's like, okay, we got to draw in our own zone. Here comes McDavid. I guess I got to put Tavares on. He'd prefer to lean away from that. And I think that's the reasoning behind it. And I think Riley Nash is more than capable of doing it. He's been doing it for quite some time in the NHL. So, yeah, I have expectations. I think he's going to play a fair amount. I mean, it's not going to be off the charts. Like, he'll probably play his, you know, 14, 15 minutes tonight. But he's going to get some tough assignments. But he's comfortable with those assignments. So, I think it'll be a seamless transition. I like the move. I thought it was an under-the-radar move because a lot of people were focused on the cap, right, yeah. that he was on long-term IR. And they, they didn't really pay anything for him. But the second they acquired him, I was like, that is a move where he's playing. Like that, yeah. I thought he'd be on the fourth line, personally. I was surprised he was on the third line. But they like him, and I, I like him in, in terms of the role he can play. And uh, I think he'll benefit this team. In conversation with Brian Hayes from TSN's Overdrive, um, and with the addition of Riley Nash, I, I think this really deepens this team. Like you said, now they have – kind of three lines, three lines who you feel comfortable to toss out in a checking role if need be, or three lines where if you're on the road and, and they try and line match against you, it's going to be difficult to do. And I think that gives the Leafs a, a really a, a leg up here going into the playoffs, which should give Sheldon Keefe, uh, I guess, like a – what's the word I'm looking for here? Just give him some relief that he's not going to get ma- line matched, I guess, come playoff time. Yeah, they've, they've built this out in a, a top six, bottom six way, you know, which, which kind of brings you back to the Brian Burke era where that was kind of what he said right when he got here is he built bottom six, uh, top six. And then when Babcock got here, they kind of spread the wealth a little bit more and we're looking for more of a balanced lineup. 
we know who they are and what they are. Their top two lines are explosive. Their top two lines are very similar. You know, the, the Matthews, Marner, Hyman line is the number one line. It's indisputable. It's going to play the most minutes. It's the best line. But they went out and got Felino for a reason, and that was because he can play in a fashion that is similar to Hyman. Not, not the exact same player, but they built the line the same way. You've got your stud up the middle, stud on the right side, and you've got your, your grunt, kind of grindy type worker who can keep people keep the flies off and go battle for you and win battles in front of the net and in the corners and is defensively responsible in Felino and Hyman. So they've, they've built carbon copies. There is a, a cast system. I mean, the Matthews line is one, Tavares is two, but, but those are two great lines. Like, you look at those on paper, you're like, those are two really, really strong lines. And you're not going to be able to replicate that all the way down the lineup. So with the third line, clearly it takes on a different complexion. And they're looking for smarts. They're looking for hockey IQ. And they're not asking them to gamble. They're not asking them to chip in that much offensively because they feel like they can get a lot more with the top six. I do think that's where the power play comes in, though, as well. Like, they need to get that clicking at some point to add to the offense if, for whatever reason, five-on-five turns into mud and it gets a little bit more difficult to generate offense. But – I, I like all four lines. I think even that fourth line, Thornton and Spezza in particular, Spezza's had a really good year, yeah. like a really good year. And Thornton, it's been spotty at times, but he's come on a lot in the last 10 games. And I think he's going to have a lot of energy. I think he's going to bring energy. I think Simmons is going to bring energy. I think that line, I don't think they'll stay intact necessarily throughout the whole game. I think pieces will move around a little bit. But I think that line is also a line that Sheldon Keefe trusts because of who they are. And it's not going to be a fast line. It's not going to be a quick line. No. Um, but they are going to be a smart line. They're going to be a predictable line. And I think that is what Sheldon Keefe is, is looking for. And uh, I think he likes his lineup. And I would concur with that. One through 12, I look at it just on paper, and we'll see it all play out come game one. But on paper, one through 12, I think they built a pretty good lineup. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. It's playoff season in the NBA and NHL. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and even more. Before the next tip-off or face-off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when using the promo code Locked On. That's the promo code Locked On to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. In conversation with Brian Hayes, um, so I guess yesterday we saw this news break out that if Montreal can get this thing to game six, there's going to be fans in the stands, um, which would be really interesting. 2,500, which obviously is nowhere near a packed building, but it's something. Do you think that gives Montreal like the incentive that they'll need to try and push this thing to a game six? Like, is that enough incentive to give this team a little bit of a push, a little bit of, of an energy to try and get this thing that far so that they can play a home game with fans here in 2021. No, I, I don't, I think it's already there. Like I, I, you have to be thinking we want it. Like if you're Montreal, you'd rather win in four or five, right? Right. Like, who cares about game six? <laughs> you can, if you can sweep the Leafs, you prefer to do that. Sorry about the fans, but that, that their priority is to win the games. Priority is to push the series. 
I think what it can do is it can be a bit inspirational, not so much for game six, but if you win the series, then it's only going to be there for game for the second series. Like right. you're talking about every game that you, you host. I also don't think 2,500 fans is really going to make that much of a difference. I mean, it's a big building. The Bell Center is massive. They fit 20,000 people in there. You know they're all going to be masked up. You know they're all probably going to be told don't yell and scream. I don't know what kind of factor that's going to play. I also think it can benefit both teams. Like the Habs are going to be excited to have their own fans. I wouldn't be shocked if some Leaf fans snuck in there. Like I haven't seen any details on who gets the tickets or I'm assuming it's season ticket holders, but you know, can you sell them? Is there a secondary market for pandemic (laughs) tickets? I don't don't know. We need to figure that out if we can. But um, that would be pretty hysterical actually. If like a thousand Leaf fans snuck in there somehow and you had a balanced crowd, but the least would feed off it too. You know, they haven't played in front of any fans. So, yes, the Habs would be excited, but I think the Leafs would be excited. But I don't think you need any more motivation. Like, these two teams have been battling all year. They, they've, they've got an end goal in mind. Fans or otherwise, uh, they're going to push. They're going to give you 100%. I think it's just – it's going to be a fun element if it gets to that point. Did yesterday's announcement give you any – any – um, hope at all that we might get some fans of Toronto can make a deep playoff run. Like even well, if it's just like frontline workers, like get some people who are double vaxxed in the building. If they can get, you know, out of the, out of the Canadian division and make a deep run. I would hope so. I, I don't know why that was not part of the plan anyway. Yeah. You know, like I know we haven't double vaccinated that many people. It's like four or 500,000 people and they're scattered throughout the province. But I, I would think there's a couple hundred thousand people in the greater Toronto area that, that happen. You're telling me you can't find a way to reach out to them and say, if you're comfortable with coming down, we're comfortable with having you in. I, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't look into that. Again, I'm, I'm sure it's logistics. I'm sure it's, you know, political. It's, it's also we're in a stay-at-home order at this point, so you don't want to be telling people not, you know, to be mobile and to commute or whatever. I'm, I'm sure there's, a, there's multi-layers to it. But, yeah, I would hope so at some point. You know, I would hope we're moving in the right direction. I believe that we are. Um, It's not going to happen during this round, but maybe into the second round. I just don't know what's going to happen come the conference final. Like, NHL has asked the Canadian government to make a call on this. And this time last year, the city and the province were all good with, with teams playing here. I think with the Jays coming home, they were all good. It was the federal government that said no. I get the impression like that has changed because Doug Ford in particular has been hammering away borders, borders, borders. I'm not sure he'd give it the go ahead. Um, I'm not sure what, if it's even in his jurisdiction though, like I, the political landscape is kind of difficult to get a read on when it comes to teams coming home or teams being allowed to play here. Uh, but I would, I would hope so. Like I hope the Leafs or whichever Canadian team it is can stay at home and I hope they can bring some fans in because we're talking a, a month from now. Right. Like if you're talking conference finals in a month and the numbers keep dropping and more more people are vaccinated, you're telling me we can't over the course of a a month figure this out uh, to have people in the building and to have the team stick around. I would hope we can come to our senses and find a way to make that plan work. And, yeah, I guess uh, that announcement yesterday out of Quebec, it, it does give you a glimmer of hope that maybe we could have something similar at some point here in Toronto. And I think I saw actually we had like only 1,600 cases in in uh, in Ontario today, so that's obviously a very positive sign considering how things were trending, uh, you know, not too long ago. 
let's play uh, let's play a game. It's called Cosine No Sign. It's a pretty simple premise. Might sound a little familiar, but essentially, I'm going to make a statement. If you agree, you cosine it. If you disagree, you no sign it. So I'll start with the first one here. A round one loss for the Maple Leafs will result in massive change moving forward. Cosine or no sign? Oh man, I I am going to say I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to say no sign because Sheldon Keefe is not going anywhere. Kyle Dubas is not going anywhere. Like I just I don't think it's going to happen. Brendan Shanahan is not going anywhere. So those are your three massive pieces that you can make moves on without considering the salary cap or finding another team to make a move with if we're talking trades. So I don't, I think the three of them are solidified, even if they were to lose in the first round, like the three of them are coming back. Then we're talking massive change. Massive change means Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, I guess, you know, like, is there a, is there a potential that a guy like Nylander could be on the block that they could look to change things up potentially, but I don't, I don't think they would look at it that way. You know, I, I think they feel like they built a good team. I think there'd have to be some context to it. Like, do you get swept and you look awful? Then does emotion come into play? Maybe is there some sort of push from ownership that steps in and goes, what are you doing here? Potentially, but I don't see it. Um, there's naturally going to be change because, you know, Freddie Anderson might move on. Yeah. Maybe you make a move. Maybe a guy like Morgan Riley who'd be going into his final year, and that'd be a big change. But I don't think it's going to be to the point of, okay, we lost. Massive change has to happen. So figure it out and then come back to me in two weeks and explain to the board why this is the massive change that has to, has to take place. I just I, – I don't see it. Now, change will naturally happen whether they win the cup or they go out in the first round. But massive change, uh, I'll, I'll say no sign on that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think so. I think they you got to look at the job that everyone's done. They've done a, a pretty solid job, and you got to think they got a little bit more runway in them than just one season. So I'm I'm with you on that one. All right, number two, Fred Anderson will win back the starting role throughout the playoffs. Oh man, I will. I'm going to say no sign on that. I, I think they are believers in Jack Campbell. I think Sheldon Keith. I found it interesting what he said yesterday where Freddie Anderson's a part of the program. Clearly he's a big part of the program. And, but he, he, they want to make sure Jack Campbell is stable and feeling confident. Like you do not want him constantly thinking, "Uh Oh, I gave up a goal. Am I coming out? Here comes Fred or "Uh Oh, we lost a game. Fred's got to go in. Like you, you don't want to get to a point where you're messing with the psyche of, of a starting goalie who is in a position that he's somewhat unfamiliar with. Uh, It's absolutely possible based on Campbell's play, based on his injury history. Campbell could get banged up. Freddie goes in, takes the reins, and runs with it. Freddie's capable of playing well, as we know. But this is a coin flip for me. It could really go either way. But uh, as of now, based on the confidence in Campbell, I'll say no sign. Something I found really interesting, you guys had uh, Bruce Boudreaux on the show yesterday, and he talked about how when he had Frederick Anderson back in Anaheim, how he went with John Gibson back in 2015-16, didn't play well through the first couple of games, so he switched it up and went to Freddie Anderson. And I went back to go and see what his stats were in that playoffs. He was actually 3-2 and two with a 947 save percentage and a 141 goals against coming in relief. Of course, lost that game seven, as he always does. <laughs> but yeah. that's actually, for some reason, gave me a little bit of relief, knowing that, okay, Freddie has had that you know, positive – impact when coming off the bench and, and if that is the case where 
you know, Campbell gets hurt or Campbell doesn't play well. At least there is that history of Anderson coming off the bench in the playoffs and, you know, playing really well. So um, I think he will. I, honestly, I think that he's going to end up taking the, the rollback for a lot of the reasons that you said, whether it's it's injury. I don't think the leash is very long on Jack Campbell. As, as amazing as he played this year, I, I, for whatever reason, he, he just doesn't seem to have the respect that he should as a number one goaltender. And if, if this team loses a couple of games in a row, I don't think they'll be, um, they'll let him try and work his work through his game. I think they switch it up and toss Freddie in there. So I'm, I, I'm going to co-sign it because I assume that they'll make a long run. And I think Freddie will, will factor in there at some point. All right. Number three, and the final one for you, Brian, and then we'll get you out of here. The Maple Leafs will double down in the playoffs and become the true kings of the North. Yes, I, I co-sign on that. I have to be consistent. I, I think they're beating Montreal. I think they're coming out of the North. I've, I've believed that really for quite some time. And uh, I think they've gained the experience. They've gained the, the battle scars. I think they've added appropriate pieces. And I, I think they're the best team in the division. And I think they'll, they'll clearly have home ice. I'm not sure what that's worth. Outside of last change and maybe familiarity in terms of the building, sleeping in your own bed. But, yes, I am going to co-sign that. I, I think they're getting through the division and come the conference final. You know, we'll flip a coin. We'll see where that stands. But uh, I co-sign on that one for sure. All right. Uh, I'm also going to co-sign it. I have the Leafs I've, since the beginning. I've just like you had them coming out of the North through the best team through the playoffs. I think they will be the best team. Um, they're just so good. And they've, they've changed the identity and play a much better playoff style of hockey. And I think it's going to finally all come together this year. And, uh, and, and they're going to do some damage and go on a nice long run. It's just unfortunate that none of us can actually be yeah. there to witness it. Like mm -hmm. that's, what's so sad. And even <laughs> if, even if they, they, you know, win the whole thing and win the cup not even going to be able well maybe at some point throughout the summer they may ease it up to allow some sort of parade but it's not going to be anything like we had in the raptors parade a couple of years ago no it, it's just it doesn't seem like a possibility but at the same point two months from now anything is possible yeah i know they just shut down every event in the city for whatever reason like the x is like three months away and they had to shut that down but they did maybe instead of all those events, they're planning on one big parade party. <laughs> maybe that's the plan. And it's going to be a combination of the taste of the Danforth, Carabana, the X, all into one. And I think I'd be willing to accept that. I think most people would. Toronto Harbor? Yes. I love yes. it. Up and down Young Street. Shut down Young from the 401 all the way down to the lake and just let people party. Yeah. How great would that be? That'd be awesome. All right, Brian, uh, I'll let you go. Um, actually, quickly, give me a prediction in how many games you think this thing's going. I think the Leafs win in uh, in five. Yeah, I think they'll get past Montreal in five. Yeah, I think you got to think Price might be able to, to sniff one out there at some point and get a couple of bounces and end up with one game. That's probably a, a pretty safe bet there. All right, Hayes, really appreciate you joining me today. Um, it was a lot of fun, as always, and hope to get you back on sometime down the road. Anytime, buddy. Thanks, Mike. All right, that was Brian Hayes from TSN's Overdrive. Uh, you can catch him on TSN Radio, also on the TSN Television Network, Monday to Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. It is Canada's number one best best in the country 
when it comes to sports talk radio. He's the man who leads the charge, and we are thankful that he was kind enough to take time out of his day on a very important day here in Leafs Nation to uh, to chat with us here on Locked On Leafs quickly. Um, but just goes to show, that's why you got to subscribe to the podcast. We're going to have a bunch more important people coming on the show throughout the playoff run to talk Leafs. You're not going to want to miss a moment of it, so make sure you are subscribed to Locked On Leafs wherever you get your podcast from. It is time Ladies and gentlemen, it is time. Only mere hours until puck drop. You can listen to the game um, with Bonesy and Ralphie on the radio on TSN 1050. You can watch it on CBC and Sportsnet. Puck drop tonight at 7.30. Game 1, Leafs, Habs, renewing the old rivalry. It should be a good one. That will do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. And receive daily Leafs content. Yeah, that's right. This is a daily Maple Leafs podcast. And with the playoffs finally here, you will not want to miss a single episode. So make sure that you are subscribed to Lockdown Leafs. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked on Leafs. All right. Go Leafs go. Enjoy the game tonight, everybody. And let's hope for a good one. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow where I'll be recapping game one. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.